0: That's B-O-D-I dot com.
1: 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike?
3: is the
1: government keeping secrets? You bet they are. hear those secrets are revealed, teachers, seven years, researching the common core of the education system, author Noriega, what they don't want you to know. And welcome to Political Doctrine. Today we have a special show. It's unbelievable. You're going to sit back, relax, and enjoy some of the special guests we have today. I just want to introduce a couple of my guests, but first of all, we're going to be diving right into Java, Java the Hutt, the big... Mm, needle in the arm, right? So we're going to be diving right into that. And the lawsuits. What's happening with the lawsuits, especially in Utah? We're going to be talking about not the national lawsuits, but the local lawsuits here in Utah against Governor Herbert, uh, and, uh, well, former Governor Herbert, I apologize for that, and also against uh, present uh,
4: Governor Cox. Uh, I have my co-host today, uh, Nomad
1: Dad. Nomad Dad, welcome to
4: the show. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, We don't usually meet on uh, Mondays. It's great to have have an extra show this week. Uh, I'm I'm here. I'm um, really, I'm in Hawaii. The weather's been really nice, uh, actually, lately, a lot of rain. And uh, it's very interesting, uh, the things that are going on with, um, you know, like you say, the COVID and uh, lawsuits and things like that. And Doing the big job. <laughs> it'll, be fun, it'll be fun to talk about it and learn more about it today.
1: And today our other co-host, Russ, is not available, but we have our special guest, Greg Durden, and replacing our regular uh, co-host, Russ, is Celeste and Celeste and the uh, uh, founder of one of the Facebook pages. I'll let you talk to her and she'll tell you all about her page. Uh,
2: Celeste? Hey, it's good to be here. Uh, Yeah, I started a little group on Facebook that I called Latter-day Saints for Health Freedom, and I started it back in, I think, April of this year. Um, It was a long time. We needed it for a long time and it started growing like gangbusters. We have about 2000 members on the group now and it's very active and there's just a lot of um, need for this kind of support within the church um, about the health freedom, um, you know, issues at hand, both in and out of the church. And um, we share a lot of resources, a lot of um, insights and articles. And, um, you know, it's just a really great community that we're building there.
1: And there is, uh, Celeste, there is a lot of stirring going on with health issues, especially with Jabba, in the arm, the mask, et cetera, what's going on with that. Because a lot of these freedoms that are getting just swiped away from Americans on the issue of, well, it's for your health, it's for your safety, forget about your freedom. That's why we brought on special guest Greg Durden. He, he is, excuse me, he is a specialist on the lawsuits because he himself is uh, filing a couple of these lawsuits against the governor. It is very exciting. I'll let you take, take off with that. Greg, go ahead and introduce yourself. And tell us
3: about it. Well, thank Greg. you. I ran for governor of the state of Utah last year in 2020. And um, it was a special year, especially for politics, because you couldn't go out, meet and greet, and shake hands. My governor Wayne Hill and we were on the ballot. Because we've been nominated and approved by the independent American party of Utah. Uh, Wayne is the vice chair. I'm the state secretary. And uh, we promised on our first day, we would do away with the mask mandate. If we were elected, we were the only one, of four candidates for governor, were on the ballot to say do away with the mask mandate and do away with the phony emergency. Only 18 percent of the state of Utah was ever infected with COVID, and less than half of one percent ever died from COVID. And it's it's terrible that anybody dies for whatever reason because it. It's a ripple effect through a whole family, but um, that doesn't justify closing down churches and schools and businesses across the state. So we decided after the election, we were going to uh a lawsuit against Governor Herbert, Governor Cox, Richard Saunders, who is the um, now is the former director of the Utah State Department of Health, and against Stuart Adams, who's the president of the Utah Senate, and Brad Wilson, who is the speaker of the House for the state of Utah. Um, We figured we would hit the leadership of the state that way. And we alleged, initially, we alleged 50 causes of action Fifty complaints and and they said no that's too many and you need to weed it down so we came out with 20 that we felt were the secure Uh, I am the the plaintiff pro se so I'm doing my own legal research and I wrote the lawsuit
2: Uh,
3: first lawsuit was um, improperly served, according to the, to the, so they, without prejudice.
1: What I'd like you to start off on is, run us through those numbers again, because those were jumpy. You were talking about the lawsuit because certain percent, I'm not sure if I caught you with saying 13% and 1% had died, or what were those exact numbers again?
3: Yeah, 13% of the state. 13%. Was all that was ever infected, even up to now uh, with the Delta variant. Um, not that big of a segment of the population. And less than half of 1% are all that have ever died. And a lot of those are questionable. Uh, the CDC came out and said 94% of all of the deaths in the nation were not directly from COVID. So using that number, 94% of all of the deaths in Utah are not directly attributable to COVID as the primary cause of death. That leaves you a few hundred deaths in the whole state of 3.2 million people. So, but uh, we've we've come up with... um, some of our causes of action. One says that um, four particulars in the 14-month COVID emergency, such as mandating and limiting the six of groups allowed under emergency orders to meet, violates the First Amendment of peaceful assembly. Uh, And then we quote the Constitution of both the state and the federal Constitution. Second one is the mandating closure of churches, even requesting such, is a violation of the First Amendment right of freedom of religion. And we have uh, a statement from Elder David Bednar, who's one of the members of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, said uh, speech that a large geographical uh, um, authority, an authority over a large geographical area came to the church and asked them to close um, the temples and churches. So we want to, we think that's Governor Cox, when he was chair of the COVID task force, uh, went to the first presidency he went to the archdiocese of the catholic church the archdiocese of the episcopal church and the ministerial association of the state of utah saying we want all the churches closed down. but even requesting such is a violation of both his oath of office and of the first amendment right of freedom of religion now, and then now, Greg taking- I'd like to ask you a and- little bit about that
1: if you don't mind, about um, you you, you were mentioning um, Elder Bednar from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was under the impression that it was one of the 70s, one of the the local 70s of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that began that petition to have a large area of Salt Lake closed. That was not the case? It was uh, Elder Bednar that you're saying?
3: Well, Elder Bednar said in a BYU speak an authority from a large geographical area came and asked for closure of temples and churches. Um, okay, so that was so a, that was are, the, the
1: local seventy authority, the the local uh, uh, the seventy in uh, in charge of that that particular area. There,
3: it could be it could be one of the um, area presidencies oh, or area presidencies something that. like that. Hmm. Yeah, but That's- they are. They have really no authority to do anything without going to form Quorum of the Twelve because their letter of authority and uh, mission is delegated to them through the Quorum of the Twelve. Uh-huh. And, but, and just to stop uh, you right there a minute, I, I know I'm, I'm interjecting here. Even if that
1: were the case, if we're talking about... Elder Bednar, or one of the Quorum of the Twelve, or the prophet himself, President Nelson, uh, issuing this, we still have what is called a separation of church and state in Utah. And so it wouldn't take any church leader or church authority to have that much power to go ahead and bring that forward to, say, the governor, Governor Cox, and demand closure of a certain percentage of the state that would be unconstitutional as far as Utah's constitution is concerned, and also unconstitutional under the First Amendment, as you were stating. My question is uh, that you're saying this is this was deliberately fabricated by by uh, uh, Cox, by Governor Cox, which I don't doubt at all. This was a fabrication of uh, and, and, uh, and a, an intimate plan of of, uh, of Governor Cox uh, to gain this power. Why? Do you think that not only the, the freedom of, of, of church, of going to church, freedom of religion, but the freedom of assembly, freedom of, of speech, freedom of petition, all these, the whole First Amendment was just clobbered under this COVID guise. Why, why do you think that the First Amendment was targeted so specifically? by these governors and by the president, by the alleged president of the United States, the false president of the United States, why did they target specifically all the rights that were given to the people, or rather the inalienable rights uh, included in the First Amendment? Why do you think that was targeted?
3: Well, it's not just First Amendment rights. There's Fifth Amendment rights and Thirteenth Amendment. There's several different other amendments that uh, fall into this violation, but... I think, I, I realize and I do believe that COVID-19 is an actual disease that came out of Wuhan, China. Uh, I believe that the whole premise for this pandemic is fictitious. It was not pandemic. It was a planned pandemic. It was <laughs> pandemic. Part of, uh, it was a bigger plan part of a bigger plan, um, and those who were planning this had years to to plan it. And unfortunately, some of the ideas of this plan got out 2003. Stephen King wrote an episode of a T-series called Dead Zone,
1: I saw that episode it was,
3: recently. Uh, <laughs> episode, it was an episode called The Plague. Yeah. And it was about coronavirus that was released at a science fair at a school and they mention different things like all oh, let's see. Yeah, hydrochloroquine yeah. as a possible cure and I mean there were innumerable similarities. References. So, and that's when the when the phrase the got coined. Correct.
1: Lockdown. The
2: lockdown
3: phrase
1: was coined on that episode.
2: Well, there's exactly. been a lot of predictive yeah. programming about this for, for the past several years, if not longer. And you know, I said at the very beginning that when they when when this whole pandemic started, you know, um, Murray Rothbard, I believe, uh, coined the phrase "war is the health of the state." Is that right? And they found. You know the the perfect enemy of a state always needs an enemy, and they found the perfect enemy in this pathogen that is invisible and, and undefinable and undefeatable. And, That's and right. They can make it whatever <laughs> you, they want it to be. And it
1: mutates into everything. Is the yeah. is the funny. Go There's on, no
2: borders. There's no. You can't fight against it. It's it's whatever they want it to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they came out a video game, a very popular video game right before 2018 to the beginning of 2019 the new spider-man game came out and the whole premise of that was a big pathogen and you saw all these people in the streets wearing the mask <laughs> that was that was a big game very very popular game so it was uh, uh, you know all these precursors but tell us about the lawsuit then Greg tell us about what your target is what is okay. what is the target of the lawsuit and what are you seeking as far as as um, you know, if you win, which what that's what we're hoping, if these lawsuits prevail, well, what are you gonna win?
3: If they let us win. Exactly right. Tell us like about that. I said, I have I have twenty different causes of action violations of the oath of office of all of the elected officials of the state, every member of legislature, every uh, elected office holder in the state. None of them stood up and said is wrong so therefore they violated their oath of office which is to support and defend the constitution the exact same oath every soldier raises his hand to the square and says I will support and defend the constitution from people foreign and domestic enemies of the constitution and unfortunately we now know who the domestic enemies are, are, are elected officials. Well, what we are I'm going to cut you off there because the,
1: these are not elected is, officials. These are unelected officials that have gotten through fraudulently. Go ahead.
4: So my, my question is, is still what, um, what Professor Zero asked is, you know, what, what are you seeking in, in these th- in these lawsuits? Are you seeking to have, uh, uh um, Elected and uh, officials or appointed officials removed from office—is is that the goal of the, the lawsuit, or is is the goal for them to give an apology? Is there uh, is the goal for them to uh, go back in time and change the things that they've done to us? Uh, so, so what you know, what's the actual goal of the lawsuit? Is is it to to get money? Um, oh, so the the goal of the lawsuit is to get money?
3: No. No. Okay. No, the goal, the goal of the lawsuit. There are four things that are prayers for relief. In other words, we are seeking. First one is to have the court declare that all of these, the Governor Herbert, Governor Cox, um, President Adams, and Speaker um, Wilson have violated their office, they've broken the public trust, and to be put on judicial notice that they have done that. Unfortunately, in the state of Utah, we cannot remove anyone from public office. Once they're in, they're there for the duration of that term. There is no recall by petition in the state of Utah. It's not allowed in in our constitution. Yeah. And California has used it uh, several times. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think Governor Newsom is currently undergoing a recall. And Schwarzenegger Schwarzenegger
1: got in. Uh, I'll be back by using that uh, special election as well.
3: Right. And then declaring that the closure of the private businesses within the state was actually an unconstitutional taking of private property, private livelihoods, and even if it had been for the space of a few hours or days, uh, it was, according to the Fifth Amendment, the last phrase in the Fifth Amendment, it says the government cannot take private property without just compensation, uh, not like they do with eminent domain and give you, they assume the property is worth. So we are asking that the state of Utah compile. Profit and loss from every business owner that has been affected during the emergency, and then add up the losses from every business, and make that as a claim against the state. That's all my figure that you. We We're not trying to lose any money for our relief, and then additionally. And I'm going to cut you off right here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about job. that.
1: But I'm going to repeat what you just said because you cut off a little bit. So, one of those is that they're going to compile, we're going to compile the profit and the losses and compile the losses and add up the losses for a further future claim against the state. So, that's very important because that's the no. monetary value. You're seeing mom and pop shops everywhere closing while the big Walmarts are, you know, standing still. The, the, the Wells Fargo banks are the big entity. The, the Home Depot is there telling you that you don't have constitutional rights. Get in line. Get informed. But the mom-and-pop shops, the places we go eat, etc. these are closing down. These have closed down permanently. And so that's who you're seeking relief for, which is phenomenal. It's also exciting. And it's a relief exactly. because if you win – it will be a win for the people, for the little guy at this so point. What's, right. the, what's the fourth belief? I want to
4: I, I want to add some light to that because it won't be a win for any taxpayer because what you're doing is you're you're putting the burden on the taxpayer, you know, right. on the state. The the It the is. is, and so so what's going to happen if you win is every taxpayer is going to have to pay that bill that those leaders uh did so that that's that's we we don't want that to happen we need to not get uh, a a thing against the the people of the state you need to have something against the leaders so that those leaders personally have to come up with that money or you know or or be even if they're in there in, is a- if, even if they're in office they need to be put in jail until they do pay for pay that it's because, I mean, I'm totally against making a thing, anything that's going to have the taxpayer pay for the mistakes of these people. Because then the, the taxpayers, get, they get the whammy twice instead of just once. We, right now, the, the, the people have been, been, got the whammy once. And if your lawsuit wins, they'll get, they'll get the whammy a second time.
3: Now, that's the oversimplistic view. Let me tell you the, the detail. All right. Once they get all of this documentation, then they can gather, compile, and they can forward it to the federal government for reimbursement. And that's the only way we can do. It's not going to be on the backs of just this Utah taxpayers, because there, there is no way other than a civil case. To have the individual elected officials pay for it, and that would never get through.
4: The, the thing is, it's still you're just it always goes back to the taxpayers paying for the mistakes of the leaders. It I I do not agree with forcing any group of taxpayers to pay for this these things. Yeah, I,
2: well, I I agree with with the premise of that, but I think that it's also important to establish the precedent that this lawsuit is, is is trying to establish in that there was wrong being done. I think that we have a very broken system. I mean, the fact that, you know, elections can't even be contested and fixed if there are, if there is obvious and blatant fraud is, uh, you know, this, this uh, abominable to me. Um, And I agree that, you know, I'm, it's not right to have the taxpayers try to pay for the damages done by, by um, policies that were obviously wrong to begin with. I mean, you know, there's, (laughs) okay, this, you know, so put things things into the ground and now, you know, the taxpayers on, on the bill for it, but at the same time, there's got to be some leverage point to go after, you know, this whole concept to begin with.
1: I mean, a win, I think, a win, a big win is even to acknowledge that there's been a wrong. Right. Like, even if it costs the taxpayers a billion dollars, two billion dollars, whatever it costs. You're you're absolutely right, Celeste, in the point that I just saw an article today. I just saw an article that a couple of the senators, uh, the, the federal senators, are looking in to what was happening in Arizona, that they found all these tens of thousands of ballots that were sent out, and um, they didn't even mail those out. <laughs> you know, here, here they come with almost a hundred thousand ballots back that haven't even been mailed. And so, one of the senators out there in in Washington is trying to look into this, and 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 what happens with CNN and all the other news channels they're with their little clauses. Oh, these senators have no reason to look into these. False claims. Right. It's just a constant of lie after lie after lie. If this lawsuit and uh, several lawsuits that are out there are yeah. going to do anything, it's yeah. a knowledge that there has been a wrong because right. nobody is willing to acknowledge that.
4: Yeah. So, so what what you're what you're hoping for then is is a peg to hang a, a principle on, is what you're you're you're, you're think, you want a peg right. in the wall that says. This is this has happened. Um, I, I I understand that concept, uh, but it's I I totally you you go ahead and you do it. I'm obviously I'm I'm not going to have any impact on this, but I will say again, I am totally against anything that punishes the taxpayers, the, the regular people over again because the leaders are so corrupt. Period. I'm I'm against anything. It, it's time to stop hurting leaders a little. It's time to stop hurting the little people, period. That, and, and, well, and yes, you, I you agree and these guys,
1: these yeah. guys shouldn't be untouchable. They're like the untouchables. What's I mean, yeah. what this, this Utah constitution that says we can't take them out of office. They're untouchable. That's ridiculous. They yeah. should be accountable and they right. shouldn't be untouchable, but they, go ahead, Greg. they
3: are. They are accountable every, every, election year that their office is up. And that's something that every four years, every six years years. for U.S. senators, that's the only statute of limitations that Utah currently has. Uh, And unfortunately, we don't know the total cost of what this lockdown has cost the state in, in money. And that's the primary reason to actually put a number to what a lockdown of an entire state of three million people has cost. Oh, and not that not that it be paid by an appropriation from the legislature, because I think it would be hundreds of millions of dollars. I think it would be a number that would cause the state of Utah to need to go bankrupt if they actually come up with it and actually determine the cost. And that would be a shock to every taxpayer in the state. But there is no accountability. And without getting an actual accounting, what can you do? You can make wild assumptions and say, well, it will cost the taxpayers much. But it's already cost the taxpayers plus of businesses. So it will be a boomerang effect of right. coming so, back and hitting them but there is no other who's going to pay for what their leaders do unfortunately it's the people that put those leaders into office
1: right and those well, are the
3: taxpayers
1: the reality is that cox uh that cox herbert herbert cox uh mixture there I I believe there was complete fraud in that election myself in a, in a local level as well as a federal level. I mean, when I, back then when I was fighting Common Core, this exact same thing was happening. And uh, Obama was out there as king and he was making all these deals with all the governors. And he basically gave them carte blanche uh, power to do whatever the heck they wanted to with the education system. And now we're seeing that exact same thing, which is illegal, immoral. And it's something that ought not to be done. We can't just let these leaders go ahead and say, okay, well, you got a six year, you got a four year carte blanche to be a king up there, do whatever you want. And the Utah constitution allows you to do that, allows you to assert the elections and go up there and not represent the people and put all these uh, illegal and unconstitutional actions. What should happen, what should have happened from the very beginning is we should have military tribunals military tribunals for all these people that are failing the constitution and are becoming domestic terrorists or domestic traitors. because in our constitution if you're a if you're a domestic traitor, a domestic terrorist then you go under what is called military tribunal and you face the death penalty at that point and right. that's exactly what's happened here is you have leaders all over the united states that have run amok You have a king now that is not represented by the people, and this king has given ultimate power to all these governors and said, hey, you know, we'll put you in office. This is the deal. We'll rig the elections, and you can serve for all your – you're untouchable at this point, and you just give us mandates. Just like – isn't that – wait a minute. Isn't that what happened with King George III? Isn't that why we left England in the first place and had that big battle, and we became a sovereign nation? Isn't that because he was just mandating and dictating – And then we're over here taking it and saying, okay, go ahead, Governor Cox, go ahead, all the governors across the United States, make me wear my mask, make me stay at home, make me not be able to go to the beach when I was in Hawaii and make me take, do whatever you want and close down our businesses. And you have absolutely no fear because you're getting backed up by all these Gadianton robbers that are going to make you basically untouchable at that point. So I I 100% agree with Nomad Dad, but there is a recourse. Which people don't understand? It's the Constitution, and what we do is people don't have courage to do this. But what we do it is we send our sheriffs out, we arrest these people, and we put them in front of a military tribunal. And I think that what you're doing, Greg, does put a stamp, at least, validate, say at least something's being done wrong here. Who's to blame? It'll be.
3: And etc. And one of the one of the other things is that that military tribunal. Is only authorized through my favorite piece of federal legislation, the Patriot Act, and which is unconstitutional. So, therefore, the military tribunals are unconstitutional. But um, it's also what we're looking for is an education of our state legislature and all of the elected officials on what the what is proper and constitutional according to both the U.S. Constitution and the state of Utah Constitution, we want the court to mandate, undergo constitutional training, because one of the lovely things our legislature did, uh, they amended the state constitution in 2018 to allow the legislature to call itself into session, which is unconstitutional. That's the constitutional principle of checks and balances is violated by that amendment. It was approved by the legislature, went into effect after being by force in and we are asking that the court say that any of those sessions were unconstitutional. Anything coming out of those sessions were fruit of the poison tree of an unconstitutional session and to deem that as an unconstitutional legislature as one example of further that every member of the legislature in the state of Utah has violated their oath of office because everybody in office right now was in in on that 2018 decision that Senator Adams and at the time the Speaker of the House, Greg Hughes, and Hughes pushed it through as his legacy um, amendment to the Constitution. I'm sorry, Greg Hughes is about as much of a con- uh, constitutional conservative as I am a woman. But <laughs> and I'm not a trans tender person at all
1: but (laughs) yeah these days it's
3: (laughs) it's politically correct what they don't want you to know with your host mr noriega
2: is the government keeping secrets you bet they are here those secrets are revealed teachers seven years researching the common core of the education system author noriega what they don't want you to know